If you're glad to be in God's house this morning, say amen. 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 Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Galatians, the book of Galatians chapter 5. Today we're going to be ending our series in the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to miss the fruit of the Spirit. That's good stuff. And so while you're doing, uh, while you're turning to Galatians chapter 5, let me encourage you to do something for us. On September the 13th, Lord willing, we are, uh, the pastors have prayed about it. We feel the leading of God in this. Uh, we want to get back to normal as much as possible. And so on Sunday, September the 13th, starting at 5.30 on that Sunday night, what we're going to do is we're going to have Sunday school. We're going to start Sunday school on Sunday nights. And um, did I hear a woo-hoo or oh my goodness. All right, we'll take a woo-hoo, amen? All right, and so, and so what we're going to do is we're going to have children, Sunday school, adults, Sunday school, students are going to start back on Sunday night. But, but the missing element in our planning are numbers. We need to know how many people, if you're you know, watching online, if you're watching streaming this morning, uh, we need to know how many people... Uh, will be attending on Sunday nights because that will greatly help our planning. I know Pastor John and Pastor Travis have sent out emails regarding this, and so if you are planning on participating, uh, please let them know. Please respond to them and let them know um, that you will be participating. If you're not going to participate, there's really no need to reply, um, but we are going to try to have as, as much uh, safety measures as we can, like we do on Sunday mornings, And so, uh, but we really, really need the numbers. And, and also, Adults, um, uh, are your Sunday school teachers will be polling you. Pastor Bob told me they're going to be polling, calling, emailing. And so if you would just respond to the email of your teachers and let them know that you will be attending, because we may, right, Brother Bob, we may have to combine some Sunday school classes um, for that. Um, so, uh, so we praise God um, that we're going to uh, be going back to some type of normalcy on September the 13th. And so please... Um, you remember one day, one Sunday, I got on my knees and begged people to sign up early. Remember that? Remember that Sunday? I will humble myself today and do that if y'all want me to. Please, please, please sign up early so we can get in staff meeting and start uh, planning this and working through all the details. Okay, everybody will sign up. I mean, I mean, listen, I wouldn't mind if you signed up right now. Just don't make it too long. Amen. Take your device and sign up. But sign up. Amen. Amen. All right, very good. It's good to have Adam and Ashley Farmer with us back here today. Well, I haven't seen you guys in such a long time. Your kids are getting so tall and so big. We sent them out as missionaries uh, to the kind of the Fountain Inn area, and they're coming back to join the church again today, right? And all God's people said, amen. All right, no, it's good to have you guys. It's, it's great. It's great seeing you. All right, Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse number 22. This is the word of God through our brother Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things are no limitations. There are no laws. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step or keep up with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. This is the Word of God for the people of God. And if you are happy about that, say, yes, I am. You know, I doubt very seriously if your children have ever come up to you and have asked permission to be more kind. I doubt very seriously if your children have ever come up to you and said, Father, you know, please teach me the way of self-control. 
I doubt very seriously if your children have ever come up to you and said, do I have your permission to live at peace with my siblings? I don't think that's, that's never happened to me. And maybe my children are different than your children, but that's never happened to me. And if that has ever happened to you, there are three responses, three appropriate responses. Number one, ask them what they want. Number two, take their temperature. And if they are not under some fever-induced delusion, then praise God and rejoice with the angels in heaven. Amen. Right. Because the fruit of the Spirit does not come naturally. We are not born being kind. We are not born patient. We are not born with self-control. We're not. It doesn't come naturally. We can't conjure it up. We can't go into some 12-step program or go to Barnes & Noble and buy some book and expect to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. No, it is a work of the Spirit of God. If you'll notice back in verse number 22, it says, for the fruit of the what? For the fruit of the Spirit is. Not for the fruit of the natural man, the fruit of the flesh, the fruit of some self-help program. It says, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, kindness, and so forth, and so on. And so, in saying that, we need to understand we don't need permission from the Father, our Heavenly Father, to produce or live out the fruit of the Spirit, to seek it to strive for it. It's something that we don't have to pray about. Did you know that there are things in our life that we just don't have to pray about? The Bible has already told us to do it or not to do it. And and seeking out the fruit of spirit, being loving, being kind, being patient, being self-controlled, we don't have to pray about those things. We, we We are to pray for it, but we are not to pray for permission for it. The church doesn't have to vulnerable it. Praise God for that. Families don't have to get around and think about it. Because why? Because I want you to look at the end of that list. It says, against such things, there is no law. Against such things, there is absolutely no limitation at all. You don't have to have permission to exercise and to mature in the fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Why? Why is there no limitation? Why do we not have to ask permission for this? It's because the world desperately, desperately desires, whether they know it or not, They desire the fruit of the Spirit of God. Even in their unbelief, even in their paganism, unknowingly, they really, deep down inside, desire through the Spirit. I really believe that. I believe every employer is looking for the fruit of the Spirit in their employees. I believe that every employee is looking for the fruit of the Spirit in their employer, whether they know it or not. Um, I I believe that... um, that every spouse desires for their spouse to exercise the fruit of the Spirit. I would ask for an amen, but it would be deafening. Um, I believe it's something that every child needs to receive. They need to receive the fruit of the Spirit. It's something that every child needs to be taught. And, and let me just say this, as far as the church is concerned, the greatest gift that we can give each other, the greatest ministry, the greatest salt and light that we can exercise and display toward each other are the fruit of the Spirit. A lot of people say, no, 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 Pastor Aaron, it's the gifts of the Spirit. That's the greatest thing that we can display. No, it's not. No, it's not. Paul never said that. In fact, I guarantee you that if you ask a lot of Christians, or Christians, you know, what is the greatest, spiritual gifts or spiritual fruit? I guarantee you the majority would say the spiritual gifts, but that's not true. That's not wise thinking. That's not biblical thinking. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 
And I just want to share a passage of Scripture with you and listen to what Paul says. 1 Corinthians 13, this is a text that is sandwiched in between um, teaching on the, the, the gifts of the Spirit that are ministered to us through the Spirit of God. But listen to what Paul says about spiritual gifts and the spiritual fruit of love. He says in verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Boy, that sounds like the fruit of the Spirit right there, doesn't it? Love is patient. Love is kind. does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant, rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable, resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. It never ends. It never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. And then just drop down to verse 13, so now faith and hope and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is what, church? Is, is love. And that is why there is no limitation on love. There is no law formed against it. We don't have to ask permission to love each other, but we have to admit in our lives, even in my own, I mean my life, I feel, you know, that, that, that struggle against the flesh where I have a resistance or sometimes I refuse to exercise the fruit of the Spirit toward a person or toward a group of people. And sometimes I think in the church there's even an unwillingness. I mean, there's a refusal. I'm going to dig my heels in until I get my way before I treat somebody the way God has commanded me to treat them. That could be your spouse. That could be your children. It's amazing that we have so many Bible studies going on in our churches, but we have so little application, people willing to take that knowledge and surrender to that knowledge and say, Lord, change me. Nothing wrong with Bible studies, right? Nothing wrong with Bible studies, but Lord, change me through the knowledge that I have. And so if we are truly born again, then we should have that impulse to love. We should have an impulse to uh, be good, to show kindness to one another. And now that we are saved, that should, since we are children of God, the Bible teaches that, right? Since we are children of God, we should have that innate desire to produce the fruit or allow the Holy Spirit to produce that in our lives. One commentator said that it should be like second nature. I disagree with that. And I'm not being picky. I mean, y'all could pick my words to death up here today because we can't qualify everything we say. We'd be here five hours. But one commentator said it should be like second nature. No, my dear friends, that should be our primary nature, is producing the fruit of the Spirit. It's not good dog versus bad dog in our life. Folks, we are new creatures in Jesus Christ. The old is passing away. Behold, all things have become new. And our primary nature should be that of producing the fruit of the Spirit. Why? How is that true? How can that be true? Well, Paul gives us two reasons. Number one, look in our text this morning, verse number 24. He says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. They have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Number one, we don't have to ask permission. It should be our new way of life because we have crucified the flesh. 
Now, we all know that crucifixion means death. It means physical death all throughout the New Testament. And whenever the word crucifixion is used in the New Testament, the majority of usages are used to describe Jesus' physical death on the cross. But there are four scriptures in the New Testament that when it uses the word crucifixion, it is referring to our crucifixion in or to Christ in a spiritual sense. You got me. It is referring not to our physical death, literal physical death. It's talking about our spiritual death as we are crucified in Christ and to Christ. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 6, it says that our old self has been crucified with Christ. In Galatians 2 and verse 20, let's just turn over there. Go hang a right, hang a left, I'm sorry, hang a left, and go to Galatians 2 and verse 20. Listen to what Paul says, familiar passage of Scripture, right? He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. All right, stop for a minute. Let's take a T. Let's take a knee. How many of y'all are born again? Come on. You're not supposed to do this in secret-friendly churches. We're just hitting. All right, all right. Well, this is talking about you. This is talking about you. You could put your name right there where the pronoun I is. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. I have been crucified with Christ. It is not I who live, but Christ lives in me. And in Galatians 6.14, the Apostle Paul says, The world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. And so we have crucified the flesh. We have crucified that sinful nature in our life. And Paul, again, is not talking about a physical death. He's talking about spiritual death to self and to sin and to the world. And so on that basis, we know that sin no longer has domination over us. We know that the power of sin and of the old self is broken. And it should be true of us, those that raise our hand, that the lure lure of the world's influence should not be greater now than it was whenever we were unbelievers, whenever we were lost in the darkness. In other words, we are no longer held bondage to sin and self and the world. And so the sin, sin and the flesh are no longer our primary nature. But we have to admit we still struggle with the flesh, right? How many of y'all still, just do your head like that, we still struggle with the flesh? Now you say, Aaron, that, that's a little bit contradictory this morning. You said we, we are dead, that, mean, that means we are dead, but you're saying we still struggle with it. Well, look at it this way. How many of y'all have ever had a car or a, a motor-driven device that when you switch it off, it still runs? I got a leaf blower, Pastor John. I love my leaf blower. That's the best thing I've ever bought in my entire life, especially in Botany Woods. And man, I've got a leaf blower. It, it, it's old. And whenever you turn that thing off, it goes, blip, 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 Can I get a witness this morning? Right? Can I get a witness? Don't we have ever driven cars like that? Blip, 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 blip. And what's happening is even though that thing is shut off, I mean, you have turned it off. There's still a little bit of gas getting in that carburetor. Blah, 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 blah. And I have this on professional advice. Right back there is Alex Hortapanu, and he told me that that is called engine run-on. Right there. So I'm not lying. Right, Alex? Right? 
And that's just like, that's just like man, listen, we, we have switched. We have, we have been crucified with Christ. We have crucified the old self. But man, there is still some of that sin and flesh that gets in that carburetor of our mind, and we still struggle with it. We still struggle with it. But our lives in general, taken as a whole, Sin no longer has dominion over us. We are not slaves to the flesh, but we are slaves to Jesus Christ. So first of all, we have crucified the flesh through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. And the second reason is because we now live by the Spirit of God. It says in verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And so if all this is true, we have crucified the flesh, we have crucified the old flesh, excuse me, and now if we live by the Spirit, then we have a new way of living. And that, that new way of living doesn't come through mysticism. That new way of living comes whenever we allow the Holy Spirit through the Word of God to teach us and to change us into the image of Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if we are in Christ, we are new creations. We are absolute new creatures. The old has passed away. All has become new. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, For we are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing joy. This is the work of the Lord who is the Spirit. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 9, it says, For you are not of the flesh, but you are of the Spirit. And so what has happened to us? We have crucified the flesh. We are dead to sin, even though we still struggle with that. We have a new life in Christ. We are risen with Jesus Christ. The hard drive of our mind, the old self in our old hard drive has been wiped out. We have a new operating system, and that operating system is the Holy Spirit of God. And you say, Aaron, what does that look like? It looks like this. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And this should be true of all of us who claim to be the children of God. And I want you to listen to what Paul said. Let me go back and repeat this one more time. Romans 8 and verse 9, listen to his qualifying phrase here. He says, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed you are in the Spirit, if you are really in the Spirit of God. Now let's get back to what Paul said in verse 23. Because we have been crucified, we have crucified the flesh. Because we've been risen to new life, and we, and we should be living a new life through Jesus Christ the Spirit of God, and that looks like the fruit of the Spirit. Paul says, against such things, there is no law. And for the remainder of our time this morning, I just want to stick in that little odd little phrase right there. Against such things, there is no law. You know, the, the phrase could literally be rendered concerning these things, concerning the fruit of the Spirit, there is no law. There is no law dealing with such things. And Paul, I believe, uh, probably meant one of two things or both. Number one, you cannot pass legislation to make people act this way. How, how many of y'all have ever heard the phrase, you can't legislate morality? How many of y'all ever heard that? Well, that's not true. That's not true. You can legislate morality, but you cannot legislate spirituality. You cannot legislate the new life in Jesus Christ. 
You cannot legislate a regenerated life, that new creatureness, that, that, that regeneration that the Holy Spirit brings. Because people will produce the fruit of the Spirit not because of a law or legislation, but because of who they are. Does that make sense this morning? You cannot pass legislation to make people act this way. There is no law that can motivate us to be this way. And and producing the fruit of the Spirit doesn't come by submission to the law. It comes by submission to the Holy Spirit, conforming us into the image of Jesus Christ, allowing the Holy Spirit to create Jesus and, and, and to give us the power to allow Jesus Christ to be great in us. And the second thing is, is there is no limit to the practice of the fruit of the Spirit. There is no limit to living out this new life. You see, we can't just go to the fruit of the Spirit and go, okay, I'll be, I pick patience, I pick kindness, I'm not going to pick self-control, and I'm going to pick joy. That, those are the ones I'm going to pick, and those are the ones I'm going to concentrate on. That's, con- that's illogical. That's illogical. They all rise and fall on each other. And not only that, but love, remember what we talked about last week? Love is the one that's, is, that's that glue that, that sticks and, and frames them and, and brings them all together. And so you can't just pick two or three. I mean, the spiritual gifts, uh, some of us have one spiritual gift. I believe we can have more than one spiritual gift. I mean, I have known people who have the gift of administration that are great at evangelism. And, and, so, and so, folks, we have one, two, maybe three spiritual gifts. But we can't cherry pick the fruit of spirit, pun intended. Amen? Right? And not only that, but there is no limit on the frequency of the fruit of the spirit. We can't say, I'm going to practice the fruit of spirit over here, then practice the fruit, not practice it over here. I'm just going to do it just for this. I am going to be kind to Pastor Dave just for a limited amount of time. <clears throat> now, what would you think if someone had said that to you? Sam, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to love you just. It's contradictory. There is no limit of frequency. There is no law formed against it. There is no limit. And we are to take the fruit of the Spirit through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we are to display that at all times, strive to display it at all times, and to all peoples. To all peoples. To all people. Right? All right. doesn't matter if they don't look like you. You display it toward them. You display it toward them. Give you a silly illustration. Yesterday, there was some activity going on outside uh, in front of our house, and the man of God was studying the Word of God, and so it it, it, there was a disturbance in the force. And so I went, I went to the window to look out, and as I was looking out, there were like three cars, you know, parked out in front of our house, and I just sat there and watched them. I thought, man, what's going on? Is this a drug deal? What, what, whatever is this? And man, one of those trucks backed up into my mailbox. And it went from there to there. I mean, I put a ton of concrete in that thing. I, and, it, and I was like, and I felt that flesh. I was going to run out there in my shorts and ratty t-shirt, barefooted. I was going to chase them down and exact judgment on them. Through the Spirit. Well, they drove off, by the way. 
Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Well, that's convicting, isn't it? And against such things, there is no limitation. There is no law. And the only law and the only legislation that is formed against the fruit of the Spirit is the teaching of the world. And unfortunately, as Christians, we buy into that. We buy into that. You Think about that. There is no law, there is no legislation. There is no limit to the fruit of the Spirit. And the only, the only law, the only legislation, the only limit that has ever been formed against is the teaching of the world. So Aaron, what do you mean by that? The world teaches us that we should... Now I want, you, I want everybody to really listen to this because I'm pulling, I'm landing the plane, all right? Listen to this. The world teaches us to be kind and loving with strings attached. Are you with me? The world teaches us to be good with conditions. You know, there was a a door-to-door salesman that came by our, our apartment when we lived in Memphis. I, I shall never forget this. And man, he was a great salesman. He was so, he, I mean, I, I thought, man, this guy is so kind. He is so, I mean, just, just a, he must be a Christian. He is so kind. But you know what happened when I told him I wasn't going to buy his rainbow vacuum cleaner? He changed just like that. He was not kind. He was nice. Until I didn't buy his product. You see, that's the teaching of the world. And then we buy into that. We buy into that legislation. We buy into those limitations. Well, there is no way I'm going to love them unless... There is no way I'm going to reconcile with my, my spouse. I'm not just talking about divorce. I'm talking about arguments and just things that you know are in between you and your spouse that, that you need to take care of. Somebody needs to raise the white flag. There, you know, I am not going to take care of my marital problems unless he or unless she does this. And the world teaches us that the fruit of the Spirit should only fit our schedule. The fruit of the Spirit should only, um, we should only try to display that whenever it benefits us, when it makes us look good, whenever we get our own way. And the unfortunate thing about that is we, as God's people, buy into that. And whenever we buy into that, whenever we embrace that teaching of the world, what happens? We start forming legislation and laws and limitations against the fruit of the Spirit of God. And so there is no law formed. There is no legislation formed in the economy of God against the fruit of the Spirit. The only legislation, the only law, the only limitations, the only qualifications and conditions are taught to us by the world. And brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to reject that. Because Paul says in verse 26, let us not become conceited. Look at it. Let us not become conceited. And what do we do? We say, unless it feeds my pride, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be kind. I'm not going to be loving. Unless it feeds my, my self-worship, you know what that is? That is conceit. And then we say, unless it helps me to prove myself right, I'm not going to do this. I, I, I will only be self-controlled. I will only be patient if, if, it, if it goes to prove me right. Do you know what that is? That's provoking. 
And then, and then we say, you know, I, I am not going to be good. I am not going to be at peace with this person unless I get what I want or unless I destroy what I cannot get. Can I repeat that one more time? Can I repeat that one more time? Son, I tell you, my, my, my toes are hurting right now. I am not going to do this unless I can get what I want or unless I can destroy what I cannot get. You know what that is? That's envy. That's envy. That's envy. But brothers and sisters in Christ, I love all of you. I love you. I love you. I love you. But if we have been born of the Spirit of God, and if we have crucified the flesh, we are new creations in Jesus Christ. And because we are new creations in Jesus Christ, the old hard drive has been wiped away. Yeah, we may sputter every once in a while, but we are moving to that great overhaul and restoration called glorification, right? And until that day, and until that day, we are to live out, it should be our, our impulse, it should be our desire to love people, to be kind, to be patient, to be good, to seek a life of joy, of self-control, and faithfulness. That should be the characteristic of our life. And we're going to fail. And that's why I always say, praise God, 1 John 1, 9 is in the Bible. Praise God. I end with this. I end with this. You know, last night I was thinking about a kid's show that I, I once saw where it, 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 one, one of them was The Incredibles. I like The Incredibles. That's a great, great movie, man. I love The Incredibles. Um, my kids say, they, I remind them of the dad. That, that could go either way, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that was a positive comment. But anyway, um, but you look at The Incredibles, and there's another a children's movie where superheroes you know, have children, and those children... You know, you know, they get a, a supernatural ability, x-ray vision, stretch, you know, you know just supernatural strength, um, shooting webs out of your wrists. I, I, I have yet to figure that one out. I hate to be a buzzkill man, but I hate to figure it anyway. But I mean, you know, just think about it. Ant-Man, you know, he shrinks down, and we all know that it's silly and it's fake, but you all know, even as adults, deep down inside, you wish that you had some new stuff, don't you? Don't. Ed, you know you do, man. You know you want to be invisible. All right, but anyway, you know you want to be invisible so Valerie can't find you whenever she wants you to do something around the house. You know that. I mean, but we all, you know, we wish, we wish, we just, but it's fake. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. Right? But I thought last night, we are the children and the offspring of the Most High God. And we have been given the Holy Spirit who indwells in us. And that Spirit, if we allow the Spirit, and if we keep in step with the Spirit, will produce something in our life that is more powerful and more influential than any superhero ability. And that, brothers and sisters, 
is not fake. That's not fake. I'm going to say it again. You know what this world needs? It needs believers to live out the gospel through the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of His Son, Jesus our Lord, and the blessed Holy Spirit, all God's people said, Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, once again, we thank You for the time that we can come and worship You in spirit and in truth. In the name of Your Son, Jesus Christ, through the power and the indwelling of Your Spirit, So Lord, now I pray that you'll teach us through your Spirit the fruit of the Spirit and that we are to mature in the Spirit. We are to seek understanding about the Spirit. We are to seek in our lives and be honest and self-awareness through the conviction and the convincing of the Holy Spirit where we fall short and where we need to produce the fruit more in our lives. And Lord, help us to understand that we are new creatures. We are new creations. And what that looks like is the fruit of the Spirit. So Father, this morning, as we put an amen to the service, I pray, Father, for my people, as imperfect as we are, that we will be loving. That we will be a joyful people. That we will seek peace. That we will be patient. That we will be kind. That we will be good and seek goodness. Father, I pray that we'll be people of great faith that we will be gentle, and that we will be self-controlled. For against such thing, there is no law. Because, Father, we have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Father, we live by the Spirit, and because we live by the Spirit, Father, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And I pray that You'll keep our congregation from being conceited, provoking, and envying. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our King and our Lord, and all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand and let's sing. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Edwards Road Baptist Church. We hope you are meaningfully involved in a local church, but if you aren't, we would love to have you join us on Sunday mornings as we worship God and hear from His Word together. You can find more information about our church by visiting our website at edwardsroad.org.